Is it music for the masses? Uh, no. No, I didn't think so. Nice. Hello and welcome back to Isopod, the Isolation Podcast, music courtesy of Sacred Lime. I'm your co-host Jack, joined by my co-host Corey, all the way from Lakeland, Florida. Corey, That's correct. how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Jack. It has finally happened. 1,855 days, we, we've made it. We've done it. Nobody thought that we could, but we were here, and it only it, it takes a Kendrick album for Coriana to record in 2022, I guess. That's right. I, we, there won't be another one until Frank Ocean drops an album, so... <laughs> so we'll see You'll... you guys back here at 2030. Yep. <clears throat> but it's here. Um, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, the fifth studio album by Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Um, as we reference, it's been approximately five years since Damn. Um... Jack and I were seniors at Gonzaga University doing a radio show. Which is pretty crazy to think about. I can still, I can still remember the night that that album dropped. I went over to our Indiana house, and we just sat on your bedroom floor. And I was on, on the bed, you were on the floor. That's right, yeah. yeah. And Matt, Matt was sitting in the... In and out. <laughs> in, 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 the st- in the staircase. On the stairwell, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's um, wild. Well, we'll get right into it, sort of. Um, as we said, this is the fifth studio album. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, K. Dot, in his early years, released a lot of mixtapes prior to that. But uh, I'd say Section Eighty in twenty eleven is kind of kind of the start of Kendrick's like of the music that really gets recognized in his discography. And then just a year later, 2012, he uh, released Good Kid, Mad City and really kind of took over hip hop, Mm -hmm. West Coast hip hop, at least. Um, Good Kid, Mad City was kind of, as as the title suggests, about uh, young Kendrick Lamar growing up in a very fucked up environment and kind of um, rising out of it. if I told you a flower bloomed, flower bloomed in a dark room, would you trust it? Uh, that's that's the line I always take away from that album. Mm-hmm. But um, Kendrick has ha- always had this uncanny ability to kind of avoid the public eye, un- unlike a lot of his peers um, in music and rap. Um, and he he married his high school sweetheart, um, and has kind of been known for his social commentary, political commentary. Um, he's never shied away from topics. Um, definitely has had controversial lyrics over the years, but I, I think my point going into this album is like all of his controversy has kind of been self-inflicted, like n- never gotten in trouble with the law, anything like that. Um, and the, fir- the first thing we've heard in five years, like a- a- as a solo um, track is the heart part five. And, and for me, it was kind of shocking just with, with the music video, it starts, I am all of us. And he, and he mm-hmm. aligns himself with, um, w- what is it called when they put the face over, um, them in the, Oh, a uh, deep fake, deep fakes. Mm-hmm. He, he has these five deep fake six and he, he, they're all these kind of controversial black men, um, who, 
have gotten in trouble a, a lot in a lot of the case sometimes for smaller things sometimes i mean oj simpson was one of them kanye west is one of them who's mm-hmm. kind of the polar opposite of kendrick um and so i thought that was an uh, interesting choice going into this album and i i think it kind of makes sense now after dissecting and listening to this album for a couple weeks yeah and he also referred to himself as okay llama which um I mean, he started talking about the uh, prospect of new music back in August, I think, when he dropped when he dropped that website, okaylama dot com, with the new thoughts, with the the written piece that he that he had made about um, this is his last TDE album before right. he's transitioning over to PG Lang full time, and um, yeah, and then it took you know about seven months until we got the heart part five um and all throughout that he kept referring to himself as okay llama and um still really he doesn't really explain what that means in the album i don't think but i think a lot of people have made their uh theories their own theories about it fan theories and The, the best one i i heard which of course came out of our favorite dissect podcast uh by cole kushner he did a really great deep dive into kind of um breaking apart uh the the word okay llama and or oklama um and and how that kind of translates back into this uh native african tribe and that it pretty much means like king of the people um sort of thing and uh and so I think going to this album when he's saying like I am all of us you kind of paint this picture like Kendrick's kind of taking on this new I mean I I think every album he has this new persona about him right like obviously damn he had Kung Fu Kenny Cornrow Kenny whatever and then sure uh you know um so here it's uh he's painting himself to be this new kind of figure and so I, I do that... f- I do feel like he uses less characters on this album though like th- this feels very yeah. personal in a way that well definitely less than i mean t-pab i think that he he has probably the most amount of characters that he's playing in an album of any project that he's that he's come out with for sure right. um, but yeah definitely less um we, we don't uh, have any stories about keisha about chad about his mm-hmm. brother um a, a lot of the characters we're familiar with Mm-hmm. Um, in his earlier works, and and I guess Dam was a, a lot more self reflection, but this seems mm. that way to an extreme, um, yep, for sure. Yeah, so I I guess like leading up to this album, like I, I, I for Corey and I, I think uh, um, a Kendrick album, and I listen, I was not, I didn't really know Kendrick um, in high school. Really, I listened to like a few Kendrick songs, like Swimming Pools. I think it was the first Kendrick song I ever heard. ADHD, I heard a little bit, but not really a, like a huge um, Kendrick fan at that point. And then I met Corey in college, and then he basically told me to listen to Tip of a Butterfly when it came out in 2015. And uh, that kind Curse of made it. Yeah. And then now I'm... Kendrick, uh, Kendrick fans kind of get made fun of, though, because... I mean, I mean, part of it, like, you wanted to dissect with Cole Kushner. And Cole Kushner has... A full seasons podcast, and each episode is a deep dive into one song, and yeah. 
and it's 45 it, it, minutes it, it, long. It's, it's unreal how much he's able to take away from these songs, both within the, the song structure, like sonically, uh, mm-hmm. with notes, with chords, and yep. then dissecting every little lyric and saying how it could mean this, it could mean this. And sometimes I listen to it, and me as like a K- crazy Kendrick fan, kind of like rolling my eyes like, okay, that's a little bit of a stretch. Yep. Um, but that 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 that's where we're at with Kendrick. I, I like I, I just wanted to make the point like we're not going to talk about other music from 2022. There's a ton of great albums that have come out that uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to talk about eventually. Uh, yeah. Toro Imoi or Toro Imoi just put out one of my favorite albums a couple months ago, and like mm. the first time I listened to it, I was like dancing around to it. Like these cooked hooks are so catchy everything about it is so jazzy so smooth and like i just got it on first listen and like it made sense and it's still the same album today and i can put it on and enjoy it and dance to it kendrick albums are not like that Uh, for for me like this was a really difficult listen Um, especially this one yeah this damn was a lot more i think i think damn right away like you could Obviously, there's there's a lot more to it than just the Sonics with any Kendrick album, but I think that one was arguably his most accessible album, and it was a lot easier to get into that versus For an sure. album like this, where it's not only I mean it's it's longer with a double album, um, but I mean the content that he that he uh, that he's talking about on this is it just weighs a lot. I think I just think it's it's just heavier stuff to really. Uh, dig into as a listener um, and it's really difficult to put this on uh, a lot of these songs casually like I was um, I was out just like hanging at my friend's house you know at, like, the weekend after this dropped and they put this album on just front to back and I just was sitting there like this is not the place and time to play right. this album <laughs> you know like a song called We Cry Together, that song comes on as you're hanging out with friends, and it's like, this is not what I want to listen to. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like Kendrick albums are different listens, and as much as that is kind of the joke nowadays with you know Kendrick fans like us who treat Kendrick albums as if they're like, you know, sent from the heavens, uh, you know, th- they really take a long time to dig into with and with and all of his projects you know go back to section 80 there's a lot of things to digest um and it doesn't take you know a couple of days or just one listen to uh to get it you know we've been sitting with it for weeks now and i i'm i was t- telling Corey right before we hopped on here that i still i don't really understand don't really know what the big steppers means honestly right. you know and even like his persona okay llama like there's theories out there, but nobody really knows what that means. Yeah. So all that to say, I think we're going to try to go through this song by song. Um, if you haven't listened to the uh, album and kind of want to experience it for yourself, maybe uh, just give it 10 listens really quick and put this back on. <laughs> but uh, we're going to do our best to kind of give our or an interpretation, at least, of uh, what we've heard so far. Yeah what we've taken away from it. Uh, the first song is titled United in Grief, and it opens with this kind of spoken, I hope you find some peace of mind in this lifetime. Uh, I believe that's by Eckhart Tolle. Um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Whitney, his, his wife, 
who I, I should say, we, we've, we've known that he has this childhood high school sweetheart, but she's never, he, he's obviously referenced her in music, in, in his music before, but rarely by name. And I don't think she's ever actually been uh, credited or, or actually on the album. Like, like she, she has a lot of intros and outros on songs on here. And he, he references her name almost a dozen times, um, which I, De- I definitely the most of a, any project of is, his, is a big change. Sure. Um, so let's, let's go back to it. I hope you find some peace of mind in this lifetime. And then you hear her vo- voice saying, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them the truth. I hope you find some paradise, tell them, tell them. And then the first lines we hear from Kendrick Lamar are, I've been going through something mm. 1,855 days, I've been going through something, be afraid. Mm. And, 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 and we're just supposed to keep listening. Right. Like, uh, outrageous. But, um, yeah, when he says I've been going through something, right, right away he's really setting, setting us up for, I mean, with just that short line, it's like, okay, like, this album is going to get very personal. That's what I took away from it immediately. I was like, okay, like this is going to get very, it's going to really paint Kendrick into this corner and it's really going to be a, a reflection on him, I think. And, and it does. He, he dives right into his infidelity. Um, he details like a kind of recent, like since the last album, sexual experience in verse two. Um, he reveals that he started going to therapy, talks about grieving different through recent trauma and trying to himself. I grieve different. I grieve. Yeah. Trying to buy stuff to cope. Um, and it's all over this just insane instrumental. It's like the instrumental is one of my favorites on the album meets Daft Punk. Literally. And. So I, I, I was just already lost one track in on, on first listen. We, we, yeah, don't, it, we don't need to talk about the first listen too much. but Yeah, I mean, the first song, I, I, I really thought, I was like, is this going to be like an alternative electronic hip-hop thing, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, the Radiohead influence there, Tom York could have just hopped right, in that, right on that instrumental and just taken away and would have been pretty seamless. But um, yeah pretty i mean just the opener itself you just kind of sit with it and you're just like you just really i was sitting there after the first listen like i don't really know what i just listened to and then you just have to deal with n95 hello new world all the boys and girls i got some true stories to tell Mm -hmm. and then you just get all the new flows we've been waiting for brother i mean it's just (laughs) bam 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 kendrick is he's just reminding you that He's Kendrick, and no one really does it like him. Like, it, it, right? It's, of course, it's crazy. Yeah, so, so N ninety five, of course, like that is a reference to N ninety five face masks that you know have been the CDC recommended masks for mask wearing um, during during the pandemic. And uh, Kendrick uses that reference so beautifully in this song because he's ta- in this song he's talking about removing things in your life that is basically masking the real things that you're going through. So he references like, take off that drew that jewelry and desi- and designer bullshit. Now what do you have? And then he goes. And then also like a lot of the coping mechanisms he was talking about yeah. united in grief, like that he was hiding behind. Yep. Yeah. References those things. And so he just keeps talking about the things that you're hiding 
uh, you know, like they're, they're not glamorous and they're really hard to look at. And so removing the mask that you're, that you have on yourself, whether it be like an actual mask or jewelry, designer clothes, like, you know, all these things, um, that, uh, that people try to try to use to cope with whatever they're going through. Um, and I mean, we haven't even gotten into the production on this song. This just, I mean, really goes nuts. Uh, yeah, it, sw- it switches with all his flows, all his little voices he uses, all the inflections, and he, every, every time the beat switches, it's, a, I mean, these are basically new characters not, mm, yeah. in, in terms of mm-hmm. each verse building on each other, and yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then he came out with a music video for this song, um, which is one of my favorite Kendrick music videos. I think it I, to me. I think it rivals the All Right video. Um, if you haven't seen that, go ahead and do it. But I, it doesn't. I, 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 I this yeah this this video is really really beautifully shot for sure. <coughs> then we get worldwide steppers and yeah the, this this one I'm I still have. This is one of the songs that that I'm still having some some difficulty with. I think. Right, so so the intro is by Eckhart Tolle, who's yep. Eckhart Tolle, and then Kodak Black, right. who is this recurring feature um, voice on on this album, and whose career has really kind of taken a tumble um, after being in jail the last three years on weapons charges and rape allegations. This is this is another. I mean, it it, it just seemed like a questionable decision i mean it it was a conscious decision and i think it's another kind of example of like those faces in the heart part five video of aligning himself with black men who have also gone through trauma whether you like it or not so anyways Mm -hmm. he he goes right into his demons on worldwide steppers i i found it really distressing on first listen um there's the line about i'm a killer germaphobic hetero and homophobic and that line I I couldn't get past. Mm. Um, he uses this wild metaphor um, about ancestor retaliation as the, an excuse for yeah. uh, 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 ancestor retaliation as an excuse to himself for cheating on Whitney with white girls. So it's this really strange revenge loop cycle that he is telling himself like to justify it and it's a lot to take in as well. Yeah. And it's, the, uh, I mean, he, he mentions the infidelity a little bit on, um, on United in grief, but here he details two uh, different sexual experiences that he had with white women. And he says the first one, I was 16 at the Palisades, second one, good kid, mad city tour. And he goes off from there. Um, and I found it very interesting that after he, uh, he, you know, says that, um, mentions the infidelity with his partner, uh, Whitney with these white women. He takes this pause just so you, I feel like he did that on purpose because it makes it, it, for me, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's kind of like that shock factor. And then he, and then he goes into the, and, the, and this is a side of Kendrick we haven't really seen. Like we mentioned, he hasn't mentioned Whitney much. I mean, he's talked about sex in his lyrics but never uh 
as forthcoming that he was being unfaithful as this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely a big uh, uh, forefront of this album. For and sure. Something yeah, and he then, references then, a lot. And then right after that, um, we get Die Hard with, uh, with Blast, who is a, um, a local LA um, R&B artist. And um, uh, Amanda Reefer? Rafer? I think I was going to guess Reifer, but I don't know either. Reifer, I, hadn't, sure. I hadn't, hadn't heard of her either, but I, I think they both deliver pretty cool choruses. Um, I really like her, um, her chorus on here, especially. Um, I think she adds me Cocoa Puff. <laughs> I think she, I think she adds a lot. Yeah. Um, this one's a little bit more of an easier listen after the first three tracks. Sure. You kind of get to take a breath a little bit. Uh, it's kind of the first sign of progress, I think. Um, mm. He talks about his love for Whitney. Um, it's just a catchier song, too. Um, yeah, that he's a, he's a diehard towards her, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then yep. you get and, Father and even, Time. What's that? <laughs> Sorry, do you have more on Die Hard? I, I, I think it's a great track, but... Yeah, not quite as much to dissect. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say I, I I like the chorus when he says I hope you see I hope you see the God in me. I guess Blast says that, but I hope you see the God in me, basically saying like I hope you see these really great parts of me, even though I might fail sometimes. You know. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Father Time, Samfa, uh, miss him, man. I need another Samfa album. Um, yeah. He he sounds so nice on this. It starts with uh, Whitney telling him, you really need some therapy. Mm. Reach out to Eckhart, who acts as his therapist on this album. Um, this was something I discussed with Aunt Lara, but there, there, there was a big, there's a big therapy theme, but I, I didn't really realize until I listened to it or I talked to her about it that I, I think each song is designed to be like a therapy session because on song, what is it, song 10... Uh, count me out session 10 breakthrough like he, he kind of references that and and it just makes sense after she said that I, I tried That's to listen true, to it in yeah. the context of like therapy sessions and that right because it's, it's like can kind of be a clumsy path and I, he, he definitely yeah. goes back and forth and it's not like I was bad and now I'm better um, there's a lot of bumps but father time was on first listen, probably my favorite track. It's it's just so straightforward um, in the message. We've we've heard a lot about, not a lot, but Kendrick's referenced his dad in in the past quite a bit as being this kind of authoritarian, toxic masculinity, work your way to survive type figure in his life. Um, and there's a couple lines I I wanted to read that stuck out to me he said Mm -hmm. his mama died i asked him why he going back to work so soon his first reply was on this life the pills got no silver spoon Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. that one and then there's i love my father for telling me to take off the gloves because everything he didn't want was everything i was Mm -hmm. and to my partners that figured it out without a father i salute you may your blessings be neutral to your toddlers it's crucial. They can't stop us if we see mistakes. Till then, let's give the women a break. Grown men with daddy issues. So this one's, I mean, it's right in your face. Like, th- this is the, the message and part of his trauma. Um, it's part of trauma of a lot of people. 
and something women have to put up with because of recurring daddy issues. And also, I think I think it, it really speaks to um, uh, he's speaking to a lot of uh, black households because there is that like idea, um, that kind of stereotypical idea of like you know the idea of therapy in those homes. And a lot of hip hop artists have spoken on this issue about you know like and even like R and B artists who talk about like you know like if you were going through something, if you had you know some some kind of thing happen to you where you were grieving or whatever, like it was just like hide it, you know, like, don't talk about it, just move on, you know, like, the idea of therapy is just, like, completely, was, like, not even, it's just a lost idea, um, and the line that really sticks out to me is looking for, when he says, looking for I love you, readily empathized for my relief, so he's, like, he's looking for that kind of person to lean on and, like, really confide in, and, like, it sounds like his dad was never really that that figure although you know like he does talk about how his dad was in other songs of his that his dad you know was great in other ways too but you know um yeah really powerful song here for sure and that goes right into rich interlude kodak Um, kodak black is back he's talking about his struggles to survive he says his daddy was a deadbeat, um, had to steal for a meal uh, to acquire wealth, build his career. Now he's with Kendrick. He feels like he made it. Um, yeah, really, really cool spoken word piece. And I'm not a huge Kodak Black fan, but I think he adds so much to this to this project. And, and um, this is a really nice spoken word piece because you kind of forget as he's talking that everything that he's saying is rhyming, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, detailing you know growing up in a really difficult environment and like Corey said uh uh making it with kendrick um love his line at the end where he, where he says uh what you doing with kendrick what you doing with a legend it's cool yeah really great rags to riches uh and that goes in rich interlude into rich spirit i i, I don't have a ton on this one I, I i really really like kendrick's hook i feel like if you have to pick one like weakness in Kendrick's music discography, it's that sometimes his hooks aren't the most memorable and don't add the most to his songs. But I just stop playing with me for Tony to a song mm. that I'm attractive one. Oh my gosh, there's yep. so many one-liners on this one. Uh, I thought and the that thoughts and prayers uh, line really hits hard in the wake of another school shooting. Yep. Um, but rich spirit. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a ton to say on on this one either. Um, I also I, I I love that uh, that line that you said. You know where he's he's talking about. Made, I think that I've seen that line being referenced so by so it's many so people catchy. about turning turning you into into a song. <laughs> I love that one. It's great. Um, and and then... that goes right into a uh, we cry together, which I mean. You know, you, you you might have been having like a f- pretty enjoyable listen up until this point, and then this song really were you make makes it. I was. <laughs> I thought. I, yeah. Th- this one is the, uh, it's madness. I mean, it it really puts me back into uh, uh, listening to you for the first time from To Pippa Butterfly. It's got that. It gave me that same kind of feeling where it's very uncomfortable to listen to um but and you're uh, trying to catch every damn word yeah you are yeah basically you know this is you know 
it's a argument between Kendrick and um, uh, this woman who's playing his his partner in this little um, dialogue. Um, I'm blanking. What what's Taylor what's Page? Name? Taylor Page. Thank you. Yeah, she absolutely kills kills she, it here, and she and should ju- get an Oscar for this performance. Ridiculous. For- ridiculous. And just like the rich interlude, you forget listening to them argue back and forth that everything that they're saying is rhyming. It's like they're yelling at each other, and and Kendrick is so animated. Um, they both are. They're, I, yeah, I, I just think I mean it, it's such a tough listen. Just ugly insults being thrown at each other. So such a toxic relationship. Kendrick's like always on the wrong side of the debate in my opinion i mean they're both mostly wrong but i I, i've learned to really love this one and i just think it's a beautiful piece of art and i just i'm i every time i listen to it i imagine them like actually recording this in the studio and it blows me away like i I would i would pay so much to see them perform this on tour or like on a show it's never gonna happen but you know they have to be going back and forth and yeah, yeah. How do you record something like this? <laughs> I have no idea. And it, it, it's just like a few tracks after Father Time, and he's just kind of exhibiting his dad's behavior. Exactly what he's is, what he's saying that he doesn't want to become. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Um, this song was produced by The Alchemist, uh, which adds another kind of layer to to this song. Um, production on on this is it's got this. I the piano. It's got this hard piano, kind of like Father Time. I mean, um, that just drives pian- pianos all over this album too. I think it's also something that really ties the album together really well. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we also haven't talked about yet, Corey, is um, every now and then. Not it's not on every song, but most of these songs you'll have this like tap dancing audio that plays before the song starts, and I kept yeah. thinking like. It, it, uh, by the way, it took me like five listens to n- notice that. <laughs> oh really. <laughs> And I was like, oh, the big steppers. Oh, tap dancing around the issues. Oh, I, I'm starting to get it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's that. And also, it, it, it also might just be like Kendrick, like, kind of, um, uh, like, basically telling the audience that, like, he's putting on a show for, um, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It could be interpreted as, as a couple different things, I think. That, um, I, that's not I've, how I thought of it, but yeah. I find I mean, it interesting. I, I, because at one point, Whitney says, like, stop tap dancing tap dance around, around the issue. The yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, yep. that's where it kind of clicked for me. But I think yep. that also makes a lot of sense, too, because this is a very cinematic uh, Kendrick yeah. album. Just for like me. we like, got with We Cry Together, yeah. I, sure. I, I was telling Aunt Laura this, like, I, I would love to see him perform this album, like, just front to back back. with the piano in the corner with Taylor Page out there arguing with him with Kodak speaking his monologue like it 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 feels like that with like the tap dancing it does that would be yeah yeah like it feels like it feels like a production piece like that you would go see on a you know like like a play that you would see on Broadway it really does it's got that kind of arc yeah um so then now we've got Purple Hearts featuring um, Ghostface Killa and Summer Walker. Um, I think if there was 
there are a couple songs that 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 to me I think aren't as aren't as strong as others, and this I think is one of them. Um, I wasn't as I think Ghostface delivers my favorite verse on on, on this uh, on the back end of of this track. Um, uh, you know, yeah, I think basically just talking about how. Um, you know, how does basically talking about how God sees your, um, uh, your actions versus like how the, how people around you see your actions. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'd agree with that. I, I think it, it's kind of a s- step back in, in, in his progression too, as well. Kind of like yeah. going back to his yeah. vices on the hook with summer. Um, and then, yeah, there's the forgiveness and God, um, components mm-hmm. too in mm-hmm. the later half, but Yeah. We go from that to my favorite song on the album. Count Me Out? Count Me Out. Uh, Eckert and Whitney give us the intro again. And this is the one where Whitney says, Session 10, Breakthrough. Right. And it's... Where, where the, sec- the, the second album begins, right? This is when it begins. Yeah, I guess. That's, that's something I have read as well. I, I, I don't really notice a big difference between the... It, it's a, it seems like it runs yeah, through for, for from me, 1 to 18. I, I, I don't yeah. see that as much, but... right. Maybe it'll become clear to me in the future, yeah. but this is definitely a new chapter. This song is definitely a new chapter, trying to tackle his struggles head on. Uh, got guilt, got hurt, got shame on me. Um, final verse, he's kind of breaking through. I love when you count me out. This is me and I'm blessed. Th- this feels like, okay, now now we're making some real progress. And from like a song standpoint alone, like th- this is the one I'll choose to put on by itself. It's right. just so good. Yep, I love when you count me out. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, th- this is another very accessible song. I think for um, uh, for people who you know might not want to, uh, I don't know, um, dive into the, the heavier tracks on on this one. Not to say that this isn't heavy, but I think it's a little more accessible uh, sonically. Um, yeah, and then that goes into Crown, which again, I think I think Purple Hearts and Crown for me, just like I, I just think sonically it's not as strong as others, but I do love the message behind this song where he where I he really says like Crown. Heavy, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Um yeah. it's this very Can't kind of somber. Everyone. Uh and Kendrick's I think his inflection on this on this track, um, the way that he uses his voice is very interesting and it matches the tone of the piano yeah. the whole way through you're describing um, why i love the song and you're yeah maybe, you maybe like i love it, it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it feels like a much more focused inward and kind of yeah can't please everyone kind of going into this I can't please everybody going into a couple songs from now he's not your savior so yeah uh-huh um then we have silent think- hill Silent Silent Hill, yeah. Um, Kodak featured on this one. I think is this the last time that we hear Kodak on the on the album? I think is it not? No, we do again. When when do we do? We do again. One more. I'm sure. Um, Yeah, Silent Hill. um, Another just. uh, I think production value on on this one blew me away. Uh, on first listen, it's it's got this incredible buildup. Yeah. Um, 
and I think Kodak delivers a really, really amazing, amazing verse on this. I do too. I, I think it's a banger, but I, I feel like it's kind of out of place or maybe it's supposed to be like a relapse because mm. it, it, it doesn't, he, he's pushing everyone off him. He's silent. He's stressed out. Should be mm-hmm. quiet. I'm stressed out. Like it, it I mean, that, that's part of it. Maybe think, this is, you think maybe this could have fit in better on the, on the first half? I guess, yeah, it, it just doesn't, especially coming from Crown, and yeah. then we have Savior next, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I guess, yeah, maybe, maybe if, if Savior came after Crown, that would, that would have made a little more sense, huh? Yeah. Um, next well, we have Savior interlude. Yeah, Savior interlude with Baby Keem. Um, yeah, well, we get the Eckert interlude first, talking about how childhood trauma has has long-term effects and then keem's first line is you ever seen your mom mama strung out while you study division your uncle ever steal from you day after christmas and Mm. slowly transitions to keem's come up and newfound fame but great verse by keem really great transitions into um savior featuring baby keem and um sam uh uh what is it sam ray sam day Mm, you're putting me on the spot and I actually don't know this one. I don't yeah. know if that's um, right. But anyway, he's, he delivers the, um, uh, he's kind of like backup vocals, but he's, his voice is really what drives the melody of this song. Um, and, uh, so your favorite was count me out. This was my favorite. Um, Savior. We actually haven't gotten to my real favorite. I was, that was right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fake yeah. favorite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam do Sam do there you go that yep. sounds better um, man but I, th- I think everything up to this point I think it all leads to this song I think this is the penultimate kind of uh, track that Kendrick is pointing you to um, uh, in a lot of ways um, other ways I think uh, everything else that he wants to um, really point you to is on uh, Corey's real 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 favorite um <laughs> Um, but man, he addresses, and and Kendrick's never been one to really shy away from social issues or, um, you know, things that are happening politically or anything like that. But I love how he opens this song where, um, you know, uh, (laughs) Kendrick made you think about it, but he is not your savior. And then he, he did, he goes through a couple kind of major, um, uh, black figures in, uh, hip hop and um, and then at the end he mentions LeBron James, which I heard a theory that he was supposedly he supposedly had Kanye written in um, instead of LeBron, but then changed it out. I don't know if that's true or not, but that would have yeah. been interesting. I think. Um, I, th- I think this is a really important song, kind of the just glorification of celebrities, and I feel like early in his career, especially like after Good Kid, Mad City. And the the control verse that set the world on fire. There's definitely this like savior god complex that Kendrick had in himself. And I know me as a fan, I just thought he was the greatest thing ever and could do no wrong. And this is kind of just a song about how everyone's human and we we need larger societal change than to pimp a butterfly. Yep. Yeah. Not no. Not, one one man cannot fix all these, all these different issues. And, uh, and he can't be everyone's, everyone's savior, even if, 
like we said, like there is there is a difference when you're listening to a Kendrick album, but you know this man is he's still just one man, um, and he can't he can't um, he can't prevent all these other issues from happening. Um, some of the lines that I that I thought were really interesting is he he talks about basically the COVID deniers um, and uh, you know talking about how uh, you know how they're you know saying that. COVID's the mark of the beast, and then they get COVID, and then they pray to Pfizer for relief. Hit home for sure. Uh, talks about um, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement um, during the George Floyd protests, and saying, "One protest for you, three sixty-five for me." Um, yeah, I mean, so many, so many lines on here that uh, um, I think. I think really, really hit home. Tupac dead. Got to think for yourself. You know, um, again, just he just he, he can't solve all these issues for you. That's right. Um, then after that, the I, I would say the last couple songs on this album, Mike. I mean, just buckle up because you you you're you're about to get hit with uh, with a lot of different punches here. We got anti diaries. Um, incredibly moving song i think yeah it's a song about two uh trans relatives in kendrick's life and i think it's a really beautiful song in some ways there's a lot of homophobia transphobia in mainstream music and hip-hop especially um and i think this is one of the first songs I can think of that's been accepting of the trans community in hip hop from a mainstream artist. Mm. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think Kendrick also kind of failed. Um, this song was extremely hard to listen to and it still is for me just because of the repetitive use of the F bomb slur that he repeats over and over again. And I, I understand that it's, intentional everything Kendrick does is intentional I think he's trying to emphasize on how commonplace and normalized these slurs were for him growing up just like internalized homophobia but um and I think he's trying to reach his listeners that might still be using these but I think the misgendering and like pronoun shift uh also just I just think he could have made this song without making those choices and it would have had a larger impact. So I, I hope it does more good than harm, but I, I know that I, I find it to be a very uncomfortable listen. I don't, it like doesn't have much replay for me um, because of that. Uh, and then he he has this really interesting uh, metaphor at the end where he he compares it to um, th- there was an event like five six years ago I think it was after the Timpa Butterfly tour where he brought this fan on stage to perform a song with him and she was saying it was this white um, fan who was saying the n word with him on stage and he was like no 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 you can't say that blah 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 and so. He uses this, he uses that at the end, he, he, comparing that fan saying the N-word to him saying this gay slur, and I just think it's a false equivalency, 
and didn't really love that metaphor. Um, but at the same time, I, I mean, he, he definitely knows he shouldn't say it and it's music. I, I, I just think music you want to talk about and hear people other talk about is really cool, but it was just a little clumsy for me. And I feel like he could have made the same points he made without the use of that. So that's my opinion on it. I, I, I think it's a hell of a song. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I do understand like why, why he, he's saying those words. And like, honestly, I think he's talking like less, cause even like, I feel like when I was growing up too, like those words were pretty commonplace, you know, on like for sure elementary school. Like I, you know, like, and we didn't know any better, <laughs> you know, like I, we didn't really know what it meant and why it was so hurtful for so many reasons. And, um, and so, um, I think even like him penning that in and saying that over a song, I'm sure that was uncomfortable for him to do. I'm sure it was, but he probably thought to himself, like, I have to do it because it's like, we have to address this issue about like how this is not right in, in our communities. Yeah. Um, and he, he loves to go to the taboo controversial stuff. He sure does, man. He sure does. Um, sometimes I disagree with it. And this is one yeah, of yeah. those times. Uh, next up, we've got Mr. Morale featuring Tana Leone, who's a new signee of his PG Lang. That's right. Uh, record label, um, and the sample and the beat and yeah, Kendrick's pretty, pretty heavy beating, like you really, yeah, puts you in a different ro- driving right away for this uh, song. Drum bass. Um, Kendrick's flow on this is just out of control, um, and then he switches on the chorus like <laughs> very. I don't know, monotone, monotone Kendrick style. Um, and I think Sam Dew's got a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of credits on this as well. Um, but yeah, this speaking, is another song that, yeah, go ahead. no, 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 please, please. I mean, speaking of taboo controversial, he's got a line on here. I think about Robert Kelly. If he weren't molested, I wonder if life had failed him talking about, I mean, another controversial figure r kelly i mean who's done crimes far worse than everyone else mentioned in yep. this album and putting him in that conversation i guess so mm. I, I i don't know how to think about that one yeah yeah, yeah. um he also um mentions uh uh you notice that he mentions oprah a couple times yep on this on this song, and then I think he might he might mention it on another song as well. But I found that to be really interesting. What do you think about that? Um, because how how is he how he's saying like like how Oprah's talking about um, like he like she like mentions like what is it like how I'm gonna pull it up right now, so I'm not speaking quite out of my ass but yeah he he does mention oprah he he mentions her on to pimp a butterfly too talking about the the because she she um criticized him for using the n-word and he talked about um using that word as king ruler emperor um right on to pimp a butterfly yeah yeah but yeah she, mm. he mentions her right after the r kelly line if, if he weren't mal- molested i wonder if life failed him i wonder if oprah oprah found closure the way she postured the hurt that a woman carries Mm. um which i think is about 
her experience with sexual abuse because his next line is my mother yep. abused young like yeah, all yeah. of the mothers back where we from yeah which uh kind of gets us really right, leads into mother i right sober right to our next song yes um which is the which is the, the real, real the real crown jewel of the album um yeah the, you, you get this eckert outro on mr morale that transitions beautifully um to the key of the album uh there's so much that is revealed on mama i sober um he talks he, he instantly goes into this incident of his mother being abused when he was five and how he should have grabbed the gun um about how his uncle was always accused of touching kendrick even though he didn't and how yeah how he wasn't abused by his uncle but the nobody believed but him the, but that fucked him up and it was generational trauma from his mother being abused i i, I want to read this last verse verse three um where where do i have it because i think this is one of the best verses written i i've just I, I I've cried every time I've listened to this song the last five times since I've actually list, read this verse. I was never high. I was never drunk. Never out my mind. I need control. They handed me some smoke, but I but still I declined. I did it sober, sitting with myself. I went through all emotions, no dependence except for one. Let me bring you closer. Intoxicated, there's a lustful nat- nature that I failed to mention. Insecurities that I project, sleeping with other women. Whitney's hurt, the purest soul I know. I found her in the kitchen asking God, where did I lose myself and can, I, and can, can it be forgiven? Broke me down, she looked me in my eyes. Is there addiction? I said no, but this time I lied. I knew I can't fix it after saying no earlier about his uncle abusing him. Now he's lying uh, after telling the truth when he said no before. Yeah. Pure soul, even in her pain, she know she cared for me, gave me a number, said she recommended some therapy. I asked my mama why she didn't believe me when I told her no. I never knew she was violated in Chicago. I'm sympathetic, told me that she feared it happened to me for my protection. Though it never happened, she wouldn't agree. Now I'm affected 20 years later, trauma has resurfaced, amplified as I write the song, I shivered because I'm nervous. I was five, questioning myself alone for many years. Nothing's wrong, just results on how the questions made me feel. I made it home, seven years of tour, chasing manhood, but Whitney's gone. By the time you hear the song, she did all she could. All those women gave me superpowers, what I thought I lacked. I pray our children don't inherit me and feelings I attract. A conversation not being addressed in black families, the devastation haunting generations and humanity. They raped our mothers, they raped our sisters, they made us watch, they made us rape each other. Psychotic torture between our lives, we ain't recovered. Still living as victims in the public eye who pledge allegiance, every other brother has been compromised. I know the secrets every other rapper sexually abused. I see them daily burying their pain in chains and tattoos. So listen closely before you start to pass judgment on how we move, learn how we cope whenever his uncle had to walk him to school. His anger grows deep in misogyny. This is post-traumatic black families and a sodomy today is still active. So I think that verse kind of gives you the context for well he references his, a lot of things that he's talked about in previous songs too right like yeah uh, burying their pain and chains and tattoos that's a direct reference to what he talks about on n95 you know right like, um uh 
yeah, talking about psych- psychotic torture between our lives. So that's, you know, reference to Father Time, um, you know, um, United in Greece. Yeah, so. I mean, he, yeah. he, he's talking about all the trauma that all, the, all these abusers have um, experienced and have often caused their abuse. The, 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 the last line of this verse i i skipped like the last paragraph or so it, he says as i set free all you abusers this is transformation so i mean he's given context for why people do fucked up things um everything from kanye to oj to r kelly um and so listen, I mean, yeah. So so listen close before you start to pass judgment on how we move. Learn how we how we cope. Yeah, that that tells you right there, right. Um, and I also I do love Corey didn't mention this either, but another reason why I think this song is um, just so uh, just really hits in so many ways is that he um, he start the majority of the song. I'd say like ninety percent of the song is in this very kind of. Uh, yeah. depressed kind of monotone monotone vo- voice and it really sounds like he's just talking to us it's so- it's a little spoken word over this piano um with um oh what's her name that does the chorus beth gibbons um uh i wish i was somebody anybody but myself um he's talking this monotone voice but then as soon as it hits I mean, he slowly picks up the pace in that third verse. Well, yeah, and, and the, before and the third you verse, know he's, it, he's yelling. But I, I found like the 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 point when he starts to pick it up. I thought was I always find I listen to the song and I and I love when he switches that up at the timing that he does. Um. Uh, talking about after he says a conversation not being yep, addressed right in there. black families, he starts to pick it up from there and then starts to raise his voice, raise his voice, raise his voice. By the time he gets the transformation, he's a yelling into the, into the microphone. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you listen to the song, this doesn't hit you somewhere. Um, you got to listen to it again about 20 more times. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I, you know, I listen to this and it's tough not to, um, not to shed a tear or two. Yeah, uh, it, sure. it, it gives you the keys to the other songs. Whitney ends it by saying, you did it, you broke a generational curse. And then his daughter says, thank you, dad. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I need a, I need a Mr. Morale. semester long course on this song. This is storytelling, artwork, mm-hmm. healing, therapy at its, yep. at its finest right here. Yeah. And really, I mean, like, to me, this is the close. This is like the ending song for the whole album. I think I know, that, like, Mirror is like the last song, but to me, this is like what ties everything together. You know, like M- Mirror, it's it it feels like a kind of a closing credits kind of a thing. Like the credits are rolling. You know, like when you take a bow, and you know that's that's kind of what that song uh, feels to me. I choose me. I'm sorry. Just you just kind of. Um, uh, singing that over over there, um, over and over again. Um, well, well, let's get into Mirror a little bit. That, that's the last song. Th- this this yep. is the last time we hear Kodak. He he and he says, "I choose me." And right, then right. Goes, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, and we kind of 
get into a lot of the criticisms uh, Kendrick's faced in the last five years, both privately and publicly. Um, and, and kind of he, he kind of goes into why he hasn't addressed some of them because he's choosing himself and focusing on, on himself and focusing on mm. therapy. There's actually one line I, I did um, <coughs> want to talk or, or uh, this song was also difficult for me. I mean, it, it's not a hard listen in any respects, but like him saying I choose this, this felt like a very selfish album on, on first listen. Like he's being a asshole on We Cry Together. He's talking about his sex addiction this entire time and all these experiences with other women and how mm-hmm. he can't be the right man for Whitney. And then on the en- ending track, he's saying, I choose me. And it's like, really? that That's the ending? Um, but there's this line that stuck out to me on like the fourth listener or something. He said, sorry, I didn't save the world, my friend. I was too busy, my, too busy building my own again. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, talking about how it took him so long to uh, recognize his de- his like his true demons and like attacking them head on and um, really referencing the song like looking in the mirror and like understanding the person that he is and trying to be a better person for uh, yeah. for himself for his family um, and his kids yeah. Um, Yeah, it's interesting that you got that he, you, you found that it it felt like a very selfish album because I think I think that is a pretty, I would say that would be a that'd be a pretty common takeaway if you're yeah. first listening to this album based on the the themes that he's discussing over the course of 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 the songs here and then he ends this ends the album with I choose me, but he's really saying I choose me because he's choosing self-healing for himself that's what that's referencing right it's not about you know i'm choosing me to you know and fuck everybody else and you know i'm i'm just not going to care about anybody else you know whatever it's like i'm choosing myself to improve myself so that i can be better for those around me yeah and and i i don't think it's come full circle i don't i don't think he's there yet based on the last couple songs yeah um like like it it doesn't have a really cushy conclusion like no i mean it's it's like it goes back to savior like like savior it's all about like i'm not gonna be this perfect person that you think that i should be or want to be like it's i'm i have struggles just like everybody else does that's humanity Um, that's right exactly yeah um well that's the last song on the album mr morale and the big steppers Corey. Final well, takeaways, what are your thoughts? What do you rate it? What, tell me your thinking here. I don't have much more, man. I, 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 can't, I can't rate it. I'm not ready to stack it up with Kendrick's albums. I, I don't, I don't That's know fair. if I want to do that. Um, I, I'm just excited. I feel like I'm just kind of getting it and... Um, it, it's, it's, it's still a difficult listen. I mean, it's all about lust addiction, daddy's issues, mama's abuse. Yeah. He's, he's flawed. He's not your savior. Um, 
especially when he's he's presented himself as this flower that's bloomed from a dark room. So, um, and especially after making an album like Tip of a Butterfly, where it's essentially like he's um, in the middle of um, racial injustice, he's really painting himself to be this person that can kind of. Uh, speak on a lot of these issues and speak very bluntly about those issues, right? So it's very natural for people, I think, to kind of lean on him and look to him for um, for guidance in some respects. Um, and yeah, I think it's kind of this is a, a lot of this is him examining himself and telling us how he examines himself that it's he's just like anybody else. Um, you know, he has his, his shit that he goes through and, uh, struggles that he has. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to rank it either. Um, that was more of a joke on my part. I, I, I think it, it usually takes a, at, at least a couple months in the past for me to actually, uh, fully grasp a Kendrick album, and maybe you know you'll never really truly understand it. But yeah, that's part of the fun. I mean, um, it's all about interpretation too. I know that I love it. That's all I know. I know that I I I keep coming back to it. I think there's songs on here that are some of my favorite Kendrick songs ever. I think you could put a crop of these up against any of his um, fan favorites. Um, you know, like Mother I Sober is kind of the sing about me, I'm dying of thirst moment on this, Easy. on this album. Um, I, I, I really, I really enjoy it. I think there's, I think there's a little bit for, for everybody here, but at the same time, I think this is his most difficult, at the same time, it is his most difficult album to listen to front to back. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I don't have much else. Excited for the next one. Maybe maybe we'll have a follow up in twelve months and see how we feel about it. But there you go. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's all we got. Um. You know, I would say that we're gonna try to record a little more often. But who who the heck knows? It's really. Uh, it's tough to. Uh, um to find time that, that works for, for both of us, I think. Um, but you know, I'm really happy we were finally able to discuss this, this album. This album is, uh, something that, you know, we've both been listening to on repeat for a minute now. Um, yeah, but, um, glad, glad we got this one in. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, let us know what you think of this album, but I mean, I don't have anything else. If you don't have anything else, we can uh, you can sign off. And um, now I'm ready you know. to see what uh, Fantano thinks of it. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen you haven't seen his thoughts yet. No, I, I've tried to avoid the reviews as much as I can. All right, all right. Well, there you go. All right. Well, with that, we'll uh, we'll see y'all next time.